So what if I told you that during my senior year of college, a girl got murdered and nothing seemed to odd about it crazy enough until one murder turned into multiple murders and they all were linked back to urban legends covered in my folklore class. What would you say? Well, that's not my story, but the story of the movie we're talking about this week. The Umbra Camera speed. Sound production, take one. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Unbound Cinefem. I'm Avery, your host, and I'm very excited to be presenting the movie we're talking about this week. I know I say that about every movie, but this one is very near and dear to my heart um, because I recently rediscovered it after not watching it for, I would say, at least 10 years. Um, now, the movie we're talking about is Urban Legend, and I didn't know this movie existed until I found the DVD at a yard sale when I was very too young to watch it but I watched it and I fell in love with it this was at a time that I was obsessed with urban legends specifically Bloody Mary but just in general I was obsessed with all all of the different urban legends you could present to me and so you take that and you take my obsession with horror movies you put them together and you have this B this this B horror movie um I guess we'll just get into it so Urban Legend um, was released in 1998. It's directed by Jamie Blinks. And other than this movie, he really, I mean, his other works are pretty much just Australian horror, psychological thriller movies. Um, because this movie did not get a very, a very good reception in the box office. Um, it got a rating of 4 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes. And it was negatively compared to Scream. But Roger Ebert who is a very well-known critic in Hollywood, had some good things to say about it. So, it's not all bad. I just think, like any movie, if you watch it, just just for the fun of it, you can't hate it. Um, so, and even though, even though I love it, there are definitely things um, that, you, you know, you can see. You can be like, well, yeah, that makes sense as to why I got a 4 out of 10. <laughs> um... Urban Legend uh, stars Jared Leto before his method acting days as Paul, Alicia Witt as Natalie, Rebecca Gayhart as Brenda, Tara Reid as Sasha, Michael Rosenbaum as Parker, Loretta Devine as Reese, and Joshua Jackson as Damon. And that's a lot of names, and there's like even more names that I could have said, but I limited it because these are, I would say, the top build cast, and um, they're the ones who show up the most. And so Urban Legend follows these college kids um, on, I, th I think it's Pe Pepperdine? Pendleton. Pendleton! It's Pendleton University. Um, and so, the, you know, they're all obsessed with, with Urban Legends because they're in a folklore class. And their professor just talks about how Urban Legends, it's contemporary folklore, but, you know, you turn them into true stories to scare people and to kind of, like, reinforce different rules that you don't want people to break. The movie opens up with a girl and she's in her car. Um, and you can tell she's like on some sort of road trip per se, but she's by herself and she's jamming out to, to her tunes on her radio. Um, and it starts to rain 
and she's having a good time and she as she's driving there's someone behind her and like she starts to get scared that she's getting followed by this car because you know taking every turn that she that she makes and um all of a sudden like he turns his headlights off and then back on and she like starts to get freaked out because it's just he's just acting funny and um suddenly you know the car passes her she's she gets to you know calm down for a little bit she gets back to singing she sings um What's that song? What's that song? Oh my gosh. I'm not gonna sing it. Anyways, <laughs> then she passes by a gas station. And I would say maybe like two miles up the road after she passes that gas station, her gas tank empties out. Or not empties out, but um it, you know, is about to empty out. And she's like, oh no. So then she comes up on another gas station. She pulls over and the gas station attendant comes out. And this is back in the days where, you know, you got your gas pumped for you. Now, some of you might not remember this, but me being from the South, we st- we still have those things. Um, and so he comes out. She's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get this much gas in my car, whatever. She hands him her MasterCard and it very, very 90s credit card um that she hands him and he's acting really weird she's very skeptical of him she doesn't even roll her window down all the way it is raining but like maybe it's because he's a man and she's scared so she hands him her her debit card or credit card and um then he goes inside he tries to run it um and she comes he comes back out and he's like oh your credit card company's on the phone and you can see her, she's a little apprehensive about getting out of the car because she's like, why would my credit card company be on the phone? Maybe this is me being Gen Z, not understanding the the beginning days of credit cards and, you know, whatever. Um, but he looks, he looks into her car, like the back seat, and his face is kind of weird too. So she just, he runs back in, she decides to go in after him, and when she does he locks the door and she doesn't see that but you can see that as the viewer um and then she picks up the phone and there's nobody on the phone it's dead and so then she starts to freak out she takes her mace she sprays him she tries to escape and he's like no no like and um so she gets back in her car, try, starts to drive away. Now the the gas the the gas teller is that what you would call them? He he has a stutter, and I just find it a little interesting how they how they made him have a stutter in this movie, uh, because it makes it difficult for him to to get things out faster. As you know, so he's trying to tell her, hey, there's someone in the back of your seat. And she can't, she doesn't wait for him to say it. And she doesn't also hear him either. Um, And we only, we see him say it. She does not know. So now us as the viewer, knowing that someone's in her back seat and she's just driving, driving, driving. We're like, "Mm, when are you going to, when, what's happening? When are you going to look in the back of your seat? Are you not scared? And um, so it's only like maybe a mile down the road that she looks in her rearview mirror and she sees someone in like a like a puffer jacket, hoodie up, you can't see the face, but they have an axe. And then they just like they just like punch her with the axe. I that that's the best way that I can describe it to y'all. They just punch her with the axe. 
and and you see it smash through the window and blood just dripping off of it so that's the opening scene and i'll say spoilers now because i'm going to get more in depth about it that's not even really a spoiler because it has nothing to do with the plot per se but yeah spoilers now if you plan to watch it don't want it spoiled stop now um we then jump to pendleton university and we see these college kids are going about their day and we're like how how does this correlate you know and it's only when they pick up a mat or a newspaper from you know the school's the school's newspaper and they see that we we and they see that she has passed away so now we know okay she was a student here their reaction also shows that they knew her to some degree at least um and so then we move on they go to class they go to a a folklore class where they the conversation of urban legends begins um before they were in class they had a brief conversation just in terms of like oh did you hear about the urban legend that da 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 and it's just like okay this is a little bit dramatic um but in their folklore class like this unit that they're talking about right now is all urban legends and so the professor is introducing it to them the first urban legend that they cover is um the babysitter in the house and if you've never heard of it pretty much um the babysitter gets a phone call there's a there's actually a movie about it um but the babysitter gets a phone call and they're pretty much like oh have you checked on the kids and um well they're like yeah of course but um it's it's pretty much like oh well i'm standing right over them or something like that and so she goes to check on the kids there's nobody there um but when the call is traced it is coming from the house from inside the house so if you've ever heard like the saying like the call is coming from inside the house that is that's what that is from um so he talks about that and then they talk about another urban legend like a a little a little baby one where um he he pulls up he pulls up Brenda because Brenda's like, oh, like urban legends. Da, 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 da. She's like, she's like the babysitter one actually happened in my town, and he's like, yeah, of course it did. It probably happened in all of your towns because that's that's what happens. You have this contemporary folklore turned into quote unquote true stories to make sure that you all do what you're supposed to do. It's supposed to reinforce, you know, different rules, different expectations. And she was like, well, you know, she's just, you know, not, not believing it. She's a non-believer. And he's like, okay, we'll come up here. He's like, do you want some pop rocks? Do you want to try some pop rocks? Which like mm, throwback. And she's like, okay. So she puts them in her mouth. He's like, okay, do you want some Coke now? Or it's, I think it's Pepsi. He's like, do you want Pepsi? She's like, Mm-mm. no, I'm okay. And he's like, why not? Is there like a particular urban legend you're afraid of? And she's like, yeah, well, if you, and he was like, so like, if you mix Pepsi with pop rocks, you're supposed like your insides are supposed to explode and she's like yeah and he's like okay so how do you believe that but not the babysitter one and so then they have somebody else come up and actually try it and he does he he drinks the soda puts the pop rocks in his mouth and then they're like see nothing bad happens all of a sudden he starts choking he just starts like and he it was like oh my god he's gonna explode teacher just walks away like he because he knows he knows he's like I'm not with the shit right now. Um, I know that you're faking it. And he ends up, he is faking it. Um, so after class, 
they they you know they're on this subject of talking about urban legends brenda and natalie they're walking back to their dorms and they they're talking about i mean i don't know if it's an urban legend per se but they're talking about something that happened at the school and it was like a massacre in one of the one of the dorms i think or maybe it's just like a building for classrooms um and you know they're talking about it and they're passing by the abandoned building now where these massacre where this massacre happened and so they they're talking about oh you don't believe in urban legends oh you don't da 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 so they stand in front of the door which is boarded up by wood there's like maybe a like a small like hole where you can kind of peer into the building a little bit but they stand in front of it and they start saying bloody mary and to me, I'm just like, you're supposed to do that in a mirror. Like, what makes you think that saying it to a bunch of, to, I just, the creative choice, I did not get. It was not in my mind. I didn't understand it. But go off, Jamie Blinks. So then they start to hear this, like, man, it sounds distant. He's like whining. He's like, he's like screaming, whining. Like, no, no. And they're like, okay, we need to get out of here. Turn around, and then we meet Damon, who, I mean, we we met him in the classroom, but we also didn't necessarily, like, we didn't know his name, per se. Um, so we finally, like, meet him up close and personal. And they're just kidding around, whatever. Um, and then, then they go off in their separate ways. And so Natalie goes to her dorm, and when she walks in, she turns on the light and we meet her roommate, which her roommate is played by the same actress who played Danny in the fourth Halloween. If you have not seen the fourth Halloween, please literally do not talk to me right now. But like you have you have this cast of just childhood actors, not childhood actors, child actors from other people's childhood childhoods. <laughs> so you have Danny from Halloween, you have Tara Reid, um, I mean Loretta Devine, just just all these all these actors and actresses who like played a key part in some sort of movie and you know made a made a signi- made a significance in somebody's somebody's lifetime. So yeah, and she's she's like she's a sex fiend. She and she's goth and she just smokes cigarettes all the time and that's her whole purpose for being in college it seems is just you know, she's just, she's in search for something, just not a degree. Um, and so Natalie turns on the light and her roommate's like, turn it off in the middle of her, like getting hit from behind. And, um, she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. She turns the light off again. She goes to sleep. She puts her headphones on. Like, it's just like, she tries to block out her roommate as much as she can, which me, me working in like a resident a residence hall in college i'm kind of like why didn't you just tell somebody but like why didn't you just ask to switch rooms i don't get it because it's not like they had any sort of connection like it's not like they were best friends or there was anything tie tying her to her roommate to make her stay in that room so why stay in anyways i don't know moving forward we see that the dean and campus administration is really just trying to bury the story of Michelle's murder, who's the girl from the beginning. Um, they're, you know, they just think it's one murder. Nothing else is going to happen. You know, we have it all under control. Mm, yeah, okay. Uh, so, yeah. And Damon tries to console Natalie. They end up... I mean, I... You ask me, it looked like a date. 
But when Damon tried to make a move on on Natalie, she said no. She rejected him. And he was really salty about it, as as most men get. But um, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go pee outside. <laughs> so he gets out the car. They're like literally just parked in a clearing in the woods. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go out in and pee. And so if you've ever seen or heard of the urban legend where... The girl and the guy are making out in their car. He gets out to pee. And then the girl hears scratching on the car. That's exactly what happens. Um, he, gets, he gets out to pee. She hears scratching on the like on the roof of the car. And um, I, the way that it the way that it happens, it's like she sees she sees something or she starts to get attacked by the killer. She sees the killer or something to make her like to make her drive the car like she turns the car on she drives but a rope is attached to the car so when she drives forward it pulls Damon up and so now he's like he's literally hanging off of a tree and so he she then I guess she sees it so she's like oh let me back up because I mean I can't just continue to let this kid hang and die so she backs up he falls on her on the car and then his head goes through the windshield. And the next day when she's trying to... Or, like, I don't even think it's the next day. I think it's the same night. She's trying to tell her friends about it. And they're like, he probably just played a prank on you. Like, there's no way. And so you have, like, you have... you have This is, um... This is Parker. He is dating Sasha. Sasha and Parker are trying to tell her there's... There's no way he's dead. He's just playing a prank on you. But it's mainly Parker who's saying this. And so you have Parker saying... You know, it's not that deep, whatever, whatever. You have the dean saying, like, it's just it's just one murder. Like, you know, we have it all under control. Don't be delusional. Um, and so you, you see this pattern of men specifically being like, you know, another person died. It's like not, not believing Natalie, not listening to um, her concerns or whatever. Now, while Natalie and Parker and Sasha are having this conversation, um, back at Natalie's dorm, her roommate is, like, planning to meet up with a guy, and she's texting it or not texting, she's IMing him, because it's 1998, she's IMing him on the interweb, and, uh, they're like, oh, you know, let's meet up, whatever, whatever, she's like, okay, I'm gonna go get ready, and she's like, um, so then she comes back, and she's like, okay, let me know when you're here, and he's like, he's like, oh, I'm already here, she's like, where, he's like, your room, and before she can even turn around or anything, we just see like a hand go over her mouth and there's there's a struggle that starts to happen and so at this point it's when natalie is like inching closer and closer to her room so it's kind of like oh my gosh is, is she gonna make it in time um you know what's gonna happen what what's gonna happen when she opens the door stuff like that and so the killer has um her roommate pinned up against her bed and the thing about this is this is a convenience situation situation because the thing about Natalie's roommate is that she has like a mm, would it be ma would it be sadist mm, masochist I want to say anyways she is very she is very rough and loud when she has people over to hook up when Natalie does walk in the killer's still there he hasn't killed the roommate yet 
But Natalie's just like, oh, you're right. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to turn the light on. But it's like, no, you need to turn the light on. But because she's so used to her roommate being the way her roommate is, she's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to mind my business. And this is the one time that she minds her business that she shouldn't have. Because in the next morning, her roommate's dead and she finds her. So now that we have three murders down, um, Natalie is becoming more and more distraught over the fact that there are murders going on on her campus and I think she's starting to take on a a guilt and that's when she confides in Brenda that her and Michelle so Michelle is the girl from before from like the very beginning her and Michelle killed a man but like not not like cold-blooded murder um, but there, there's another urban legend that's, I guess, a gang init- a gang initiation. That's what they call it in the movie. So you're driving on the road with your headlights off. And whoever flashes their lights first, you turn around and you start to drive behind them with your high beams on. And so, you know, that'll cause the person to, like, just you know, drive crazy. Um, and that's what Natalie and Michelle did, except the person that they were driving behind ended up crashing and they were pretty much dead on site. And so Natalie confides in Brenda with this and explains this to her. And so now we know this is how Natalie knew Michelle. During this, um, Paul is investigating urban legends, but also he he finds out that the massacre that happened on campus, known as the Stanley Hall Massacre, um, is actually real. So it was an urban legend. People didn't really know if it was real, but, you know, it's confirmed. He found, he found, like, records of it or something, but he also found out that the professor of their folklore class was the only survivor of that massacre. So... This is where we're kind of like, okay, it's a classic whodunit situation, you could say, because they're starting to point fingers. It's like, this is a this is a breadcrumb trail leading straight to the professor. So, you know, it, you, the whole time you're kind of like, mm, it could be this person, it could be this person. Part of me at first was like, okay, it's Damon, because Damon was the first to die. And now we don't see him, but he could be faking his death. I think... That was ahead of its time. (laughs) You know, people faking their own death and actually being the killer the whole time. I think that might be a little ahead of its time for this movie. Um, So, you know, while all of this is happening, we have Officer Reese, who is on campus security, which is played by Loretta Devine. And she's, she's really trying... She's supporting the Dean because... I can't even give you a reason for why, um, but she is. She starts to try to urge him to take it more seriously. She's like, oh, I think, you know, we should amp up security over the weekend because it's Halloween weekend. I think we should amp up um, security over the weekend just to make sure that everybody's safe with all the murders. And he was, and the dean's like, no, if we do that, people are going to think that something's wrong. People are going to think that we don't have this under control. He was like, I've already made sure that the police know, you know, to not respond to any calls here. They're all prank calls. He was like, don't call parents, don't call police until the weekend is over. You're kidding me, right? And Loretta Devine's like, "Mm, yeah, okay. Like she, she knows that he is just not right in the head. And so she leaves and this is where the Dean gets murdered. Um, and his, his Achilles gets just cut, like just sliced 
And it's so painful to watch. And I remember watching it, like, being little and just being like, oh my god, like, that's terrible. And we get the classic, like, 90s shot of the ironic sign right next to, you know, where he died. Because, yes, he got his Achilles sliced, both of them, but um, the killer also like puts the car in neutral so it's just driving down and it ends up running him over but his neck gets punctured by like they're like uh tire checks or whatever and so that's that's inevitably how he dies but then the camera pans to a shot of the sign and it's like it's like caution tire check or something like that and that's just a very Mm, ironic love it anyways <laughs> um meanwhile you have a frat party going on and brenda's like oh my gosh you have to come brenda's trying to make moves on paul the journalist and natalie's like uh you know sure i'll come but she's just not really feeling up to it so she arrives Paul comes to Natalie and is like, I be- I finally believe you. Like, I looked into it. I believe you. I, um, I think we, you know, we should definitely do something about it. So, as they're talking, um, Natalie and Paul end up kissing. And Brenda comes and she's like, wow, so much for being a friend. She, like, shoves, shoves the beer in Natalie's hand. She walks away. Um... But, you know, that's kind of like old news because they, they've solved a murder case, <laughs> they think. And so Natalie and Paul go up to uh, Parker and they try to tell him. And he's like, okay, well, how about you tell all these people in my frat house that there is a killer on campus and that we all need to stop partying? And they do. And everybody's like, yeah, all right, shut up. And they continue to party. Um and so they go off try to do stuff on their own and Sasha's like I'm gonna go back to the radio station because she is the host of a radio station um on campus which is like a like a late night um sex sex radio show how they used to do um that's now replaced by podcast (laughs) and so um she's She's about to be on the air. She's like on the phone. She's on the phone with somebody on the the radio show. And her back is to the window where her um, radio show assistant is like, you know, handling the phone call, handling the audio. And we see that her assistant gets attacked and um, she's still not seeing it. But the phone cuts out and she's like, hello, hello. She turns around and it's just pitch black behind the glass. She tries to look and then the lights turn on. And she sees the killer in the puffer jacket, which puffer coat, that's such an interesting killer outfit. Like that is such, you have Michael Myers in his, in his, um, what do you call those things? Jumpsuit, jumpsuit, mm, mechanic, mechanic suit. Anyways, you have Michael Myers in that. You have Jason Voorhees pretty much in the same thing, I guess. Mm, Not very original. You have Chucky in, well, his good guy outfit because he's a doll, and then you have a puffer coat. It's like, are you from New York even? Which technically they are. Pendleton is located in New York. And so <laughs> they play a game of cat and mouse, the killer and Sasha. But Sasha is still on the on the air. And at the frat party, they're playing her radio station. And so you're hearing her scream. You're hearing her say, help me. You're hearing her say all of this stuff. 
And Natalie's like, we have like I'm we have to go help her, and everyone just keeps partying. And Natalie runs and tries to help Sasha. And by the time she gets there, Sasha's back in her radio booth, and she's standing. She's standing up. She's like banging on the glass, which overlooks like the entrance of the building they're in. And Natalie's looking up at her. Sasha's looking down at her. And Natalie just watches her get murdered. Like, she doesn't even move. She just stands there. Instead of, like, you know, it, like, a reasonable person would walk in, you see your friend in the window, and try to at least, like, run and save them. I think. Maybe, maybe I'm just delusional. So, as Natalie's running away from the station, she finds Paul and Brenda, or they they find each other somehow um paul's still convinced that the killer is the professor and so they they're like we need to get away from campus now right or paul is the one who's pretty much like we need to get away from campus so they get in this truck they go down the street they go to the same gas station that michelle passed in the very beginning of the movie and while he's inside um i think they hear like a phone ringing or something and so they get out they look in the trunk and then there's a professor, dead. And so they get scared. They look in the gas station. Paul looks at them from inside the gas station. And they start running away. And he's like, where are y'all going? And <laughs> like, where are y'all going? Where's the, what happened? Um, and so they're running into the forest. You can hear Paul like, y'all, don't, don't run away. Da, 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 da. And <clears throat> so you're pretty convinced Paul is the killer, right? There, it has to be. All signs are pointing to him. Now that Wexler's dead, now that Damon's dead, all signs are pointing to him. Somehow, the two girls get split up, and uh, Natalie finds her way to the road, and she waves down a car, which is um, like a creepy janitor that just pops up throughout the movie at random convenient moments. And, um, so, you know, she's like, oh, can you take me back to campus? Whatever. And she, like, looks around his truck, and she sees the puffer coat. And she's like, um, you can just drop me off here. Still on the side of the, like, still just, like, in the middle of nowhere. She's like, you can drop me off here. He's like, you're crazy. I'm gonna take you back to campus. And she's like, no, right here is fine. And, um, then, like, they pass a car that doesn't have headlights on. And he, like, flashes his lights. And she's like, no, don't do that. And the car, like... Does a, does a donut in the road, turns around, and then puts on his high beams. And so it's like, in this moment, you're like, wow, Karma really, really is a little bit of a bitch. Because didn't you do this to that same guy and he died? Crazy! They end up crashing the car. And um, Natalie escapes, but the janitor dies. And she finds her way back to campus. And as she's passing the same, like, the same building that the massacre was in, Stanley Hall... She hears Brenda scream, and there's, like, just one window that's lit up, it looks like, from candlelight. So she finds her way into the building, and she makes her way upstairs, and she thinks that she's walked in on her friend dead. She thinks that Brenda is on that bed, laying dead like a possum. She gets closer, and then Brenda just, like, whacks her in the head. And so now, it's like, oh, who really done it? When Natalie wakes up, um, Brenda reveals that she is the killer herself, and she's she's acting off of revenge because the person that Natalie and Michelle killed was Brenda's fiance, and um, so then Brenda discusses how she's going to kill Natalie as a way of reenacting yet another urban legend, 
And um, then then there it's a sequ- it's a fighting sequence between Reese and then Paul comes in and is like, no, I've always loved you trying to like trying to pretty much save the day. And um, I think she she's like pushed out of a window or she's shot or something happens um, and they escape. They're driving on a road, Paul and Natalie. And Paul's like, oh, so so if this is an urban legend, where's the twist? And then Brenda hops out of the back seat and she starts to attack them. And Paul crashes. She flies through the windshield. Boom. Um, and then the scene cuts. And we're at a different university with a different group of, of students. And they're talking about this exact situation. Um, and they're like, oh, you know, like, I heard this is what happened. This is what happened. And the camera pans and we see uh, Brenda just as one of the students is like, oh, I heard her body was never discovered. And Brendan's like, well, here's how the real story goes. And that's the end of the movie. If you feel like I just told you the entire movie, I really didn't. There's so much in this movie that I couldn't even possibly include because it's, I just, they really, they jam packed it with a bunch of, with a bunch of stuff, but a bunch of nothing. And (laughs) as ironic as it might be, I love it. It's just, mm, you, you can't help but to love bad movies. And that is, this is one of them. I think this movie would definitely not work (laughs) in 2022 um, because as urban legends and as, you know, like as what this movie is about, with one Google search, you've already solved it. You've already, like, you already know what's going to happen, right? So I feel like the time that it was made, it's, it's a clever idea. I can't, I can't help but to say it. Even if it is, you know, a a bad version or a bad rendition of Scream, so be it. I think that they were onto something with the initial concept of the movie. Was the execution right? Maybe not. But I think that, like, the story in itself is very much centered on women. Uh, The cast is mainly women. You only have three men in total and the rest are women and throughout the movie you have different men like not believing natalie when she's trying to tell them like this is not right this is you know whatever whatever and so you have parker who is talking about you know oh like i don't believe you you have paul saying i finally believe you and then the dean's just like completely putting all of his students in danger because he doesn't want to believe any of them he doesn't want to believe natalie and so not only does this movie kind of um encapsule like na- naivety naivety ooh, you know what i'm trying to say um especially when it comes to young people but also the safety of women on college campuses now how did i get that from a b horror movie i'm gonna tell you because i there's there are a lot of things that Okay, it being set on a college campus, you have frat culture and you have the sexuality of college students. So right after the right after the murder of Michelle, it cuts to Sasha on her radio station. And, you know, that's kind of introducing the the kind of culture that we have at this campus. Right. Um, You have Sasha openly talking about sexual things and a caller openly talking about it on the show. Um, And 
then you have the roommate who is a sex fiend and just you know different different things like that and so you have that and then you have all these men trying to say like oh I don't believe you Natalie you're delusional you're just you know like you're just letting all of this get to your head whatever whatever and so I there's a part of me that can see how it's you know it's borderline like women are not safe on college campuses and especially with the frat culture um because if you look up frat and uh women's safety or if you look up frat and sexual assault like look at how many things pop up look at how many and I don't like I don't mean to take it to I don't mean to make that kind of turn but that's just what I got from the movie that's where my head went yeah take that with what you will um and once you do watch the movie or if you have seen the movie you know maybe me saying that can make you see make make you look at it a different way than you did before this okay so me watching horror movies (laughs) as young as I was was not the best idea for my mental well-being um but I mean I have yet to have any any like dangerous moments um in my lifetime at least I can think of but I will say so there was one time there there are certain things about this movie that have like just like in there that are just ingrained into my mind and so one of them is the headlight the headlight um urban legend but like you know from the movie I remember seeing it and then one night I was um I was driving home from work and I was in high school and this thing happened where this person was driving really fast behind me and I just turned onto a road and it was like I had to like get over on the side of the road because he was gonna like hit me or something like that and then he just stopped right next to me and I just like continued driving so I was like first of all I don't want you looking into my car weirdo and so then I kept driving he was driving behind me and I turned onto my street he turned onto my street and he turned his headlights off completely and I just kept driving and he stopped in the middle of the road as I kept driving, and then he turned away, and I was like, what is happening, and I remember in that moment, I just thought about this movie, and like, I, it's one of those things where I thought about it, but I didn't know I was thinking about Urban Legend, the movie, I was just like, oh, I saw a movie once where, you know, this happened, or whatever, so that was a little, you know, that was ingrained into my mind, and then, you know, checking the back seat, and like, all of these are, all of these are things that I feel like women specifically have a fear of, and I think that's where that theory of, like, you know, women's safety, especially in the beginning, Michelle's driving alone, and you can see that she's, she's, like, nervous, she's singing, but, like, you know, her hands are a little jittery and she keeps looking in her rearview mirror and, you know, like, when she stops at the at the gas station, she's very hesitant about going inside. Like, so it's all these different things where she she's nervous about traveling by herself. And so that, checking your back seat, um, uh, what was the other thing? You know, like, traveling alone, driving alone at night, all these different things are things that when women talk about their own safety... These are things they have to do. These are things that they have to be precautious of. So 
before I even get into the things that I didn't like about this movie, um, there are just certain things that, wow. But Parker gets a call during the, um, during his frat party, and there, like, the call asks him some kind of question, and he's like, oh, I've heard this one before, like, you know, and he's like, oh, but have you heard about the one with the dog in the microwave? And Parker, like, starts to run, and he runs to his room, and the microwave is just, like, on, going, and it starts to beep, and he opens it, and, like, his dog is literally in the microwave. I mean, it's not much of a dog anymore, but it's there. He goes to the bathroom, he starts to throw up, and that's when the killer comes. He, um, he puts Pop Rocks in his mouth, and when I remember when I saw this, I was like, Okay, we already we already proved that Pop Rocks and Zoda does nothing, but he he brings he takes uh like Drano, and he funnels it into Parker's mouth, and like those the fact that those two scenes are immediately right next to each other in the in the in the sequence of the movie is insane. So you're sitting here and you're trying to tell me that you wanted to inflict so much trauma onto me in the movie theater. I mean, I, not me, but, like, the people who watch it in the movie theater. Like, hello? A dog dying? And then you want to... With... Whoa. That's a lot to take in. But that's a crazy... Like, that's probably the craziest... The two craziest scenes in the movie because of just how... Like, I feel like if they were separated by any chance, maybe it wouldn't be that bad. But still, like, a dog in a microwave. A, a dog... And I mean, there were just, there were ironic things more than anything that was just like, it's just, this is the type of movie that is just funny. It's just very, very, I just, I chuckle at it. (sighs) There's nothing specific that I like about this movie, but that doesn't mean that I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't sit here and say, hmm, I really like the theme and I like the way that they shot. No, like, I can't say any of anything like that about this movie because there's nothing there's n- there's nothing to cling on to and no matter how much i fight for my life i like i just i can't but there are things that i don't like and that are, that just make it even cheesier like the very the very last um not the last scene but the fighting scene between Brenda and uh Reese the the on campus officer those cuts are terrible those like you know, before, as a B movie, maybe it's even a C, who knows, um, but, like, you can't really expect the cinematography to be, to be, like, first class A grade, but at the same time, like, I get that you, you can't really, <sighs> techniques have evolved over time, sure, but let's be realistic here, those cuts are not fooling anybody, like you you cut it from Brenda like softly grabbing the gun out of Reese's hands and then the gun like shooting and it's and it like sliding over. like it's just it's it's just funny it's re- it's funny to watch and i think that's the only time in the movie that like the editing of the scenes or you know like of the of the clips really stood out to me cuz i was like that was terrible like that was just that was just ass and between that you have Natalie who is like 
she sits down with i think it's paul at the frat house and she's like what is he trying to do to me and i just thought like girl you're a victim yeah sure but not the only victim turns out she i mean technically the killer was trying to do something to her but also like you're you're still alive you're not even dead yet so why is it like, uh, what is he trying to do to me? Please, drink your beer and shut up. Oh my gosh. This was crazy too. So in the very last scene, so the girl who plays Brenda, Rebecca Gayhart. I, I mean, I've seen her in a few other things before, but she, like, she doesn't keep her hair curly. Her hair, I don't even know if her hair is naturally curly, to be exact. But, like, throughout the movie, her hair is pretty tame. And then in this very last scene, her hair is just, like, all over the place. It's like me going out after it rained with the humidity at its highest point. It was so frizzy. And then she had black eyeliner, like, like to the max under her eyes. To me, and she, so like it was just like oh her hair's frizzy and she has eyeliner on she's deranged and I was just you couldn't have done a little bit more work you couldn't have gone the extra mile come on I just mm, okay so between those two things honestly th- those are the things that stood that stood out to me but I think I really just like this movie because of the urban legends aspect of it and because it's a movie you can laugh at like you can laugh at it and enjoy it for the fact that it's not a good movie you know i think that a lot of people when they talk when they talk about bad movies they think about bad movies it's like you just don't enjoy it you're not allowed to enjoy it because it's not made well but i just think that why why can't it be the opposite and so I'm sure I've said it before. I know Nelly said it um, on our last, on the last movie review that we had. And it's just like, you know, accepting movies as they come. Yes, I am a hater and I will be a hater. But that does not mean that I can't enjoy a movie. And I I enjoy this movie. It's definitely not a movie that I can rewatch over and over again. Um, I think me rediscovering it is perfect. And I'll probably forget it for the next few years. And then I'll rediscover it down the line, maybe like mm, five years. We'll do like a like a, every five years, I rewatch it. I think that's a perfect plan to have. Now, I was very lenient with this movie because because I enjoy it for its bad qualities. Um, but I gave it a three out of five. It's definitely not worthy of a three out of five, but it's just where it holds a special place in my heart. I'm sure you all can relate. You all have a movie very similar to this um, that you would you would rate uh, you would rate it with something that it's not very deserving of. But that's how life is. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't have anything else to say on the matter. I really do hope that you enjoyed this. I hope that I inspired you to watch this movie because I feel like it's not a movie that a lot of people have seen um, or heard of for obvious reasons. Um, but it has it has a cast where you can look back and be like, wow, so this was where they, they this is where they started or you know this is where they came from. This um, especially with Jared Leto, I completely forgot he was in this movie. So that was that was fun to see him pre-method acting days. Um, 
if you do have a movie that you want me to watch or if you've seen this movie and you want to to tell me about your reactions to it if you do plan to watch this movie and you do watch it and you tell me about it um whatever it is i just want to be connected with you all i want to hear your thoughts here you know because i know you all are people on the other end of the speaker and i want to hear what you all have to say once again, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Unbound Cinefam. You can always catch me on Instagram and Letterboxd. I hope to see you next episode.